you're listening to Out of the Box Podcast with Rosie Tran. Please subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and leave a positive comment if you like us. Out of the Box Podcast is sponsored by HugMeTees.com. HugMeTees, spread love, give a hug. HugMeTees.com. I'm here today with Felicia Williams of TechCrunch. She's a person for TechCrunch, has her own website, Here'sSomeAwesome.com. <laughs> We're recording live from Stitcher in San Francisco. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on your show. I am really excited to have you. Um, I heard that you have a very interesting story starting out at YouTube and then finding your way over to TechCrunch and a bunch of other internet companies. How did you get your start at YouTube? That's like one of the top like three or, you know, top five at least, you know, um, companies to work for. Um, actually, it's kind of funny. Um I started off, I went to college for journalism and decided that I absolutely loathed journalism. (laughs) It was like, it was back when, um, it was like super dinosaur age of journalism where like if you wrote like an extra word, they were like, your writing's too flowery. You have to be like exact about like, like so-and-so died. The end. Like it was the most boring writing I've ever done in my life. And I kept on trying to like describe the scene and like tell them. And my teachers hated me and I was like, and I hated them. And it just was a horrible disaster. Um, And then, um, so I went to NYU and they have an amazing film program. So I kind of latched on more to the film side of things. Um, I minored in cinema studies and kind of hung out with all the film kids and um, just decided that I liked that way more than journalism. (laughs) So um, graduated for journalism and and just kind of uh, from there started working on the Law and Orders, which is like the thing you do in New York if you're interested in film and television. That is the thing you do. That's that's actually a very common story. I went to school for journalism and communications. I think because that's like kind of the safe entertainment thing to do. Yeah. Like your parents are like, this is a good career. This is safe. There will always be news. Yeah. And then I was like, no, this is boring. (laughs) It was so boring. Um, So uh, I took like one digital journalism class and I was like, oh, I love this. And I, you know – interned for this like really hip Jewish culture magazine even though I'm not Jewish. I was going to say are you Jewish? <laughs> nope. Not Just Jewish. so the listeners know you did walk in with an everything bagel. I did. I did. <laughs> from, from Wise and Sons which I was very excited about. Um, but yeah so um, it was kind of interesting how like that that job kind of made me feel like maybe I could like journalism, but it just like anyway. So <laughs> back to the film side. I worked on the Law and Orders, and um, what did you do on Law and Order? So on the main on the Mothership, <laughs> um, I <laughs> I um I worked locations, which was actually a really cool job. Um, it, I just want to know how they shoot it because I I'm in LA, and whenever they shoot stuff, you know, there's sound stages and everything. I see these shots in Law and Order where they're on the street and you go to New York and it's packed and there's crowds and you're like, how the heck do they shoot anything here? Yes, that's basically <laughs> the job of the locations person is to make sure that like you can do exactly what you're saying. So, um, but like I would be going to these like mansions and penthouses and like you like scout out the location and then take a bunch of photos and then. They basically find this place that they want to shoot, and then they rip out all of the furniture and everything, and they completely, they completely like redress it with a whole new set of furniture. And you're like, it's crazy because when you're searching out this space, you're like, oh, this is a beautiful space. Like I really like it. And then they turn it into something completely different, and you're like, like you ruined it. I scouted this. I spent a week scouting this. <laughs> and um, 
Yeah, so, but I got to see the most amazing, like, dungeons and underbellies of New York in these, like, because, like, did you Did you find a dungeon? No, but I was once, <laughs> no, I was one in this place that was, like, vaguely dungeon-y. It was, it was an old port of New York, like, where the ships used to come in and, and, and Was it for a murder scene, or? Uh, I mean, of course. I mean, <laughs> why else would you be in a dark tank app? Like, it was, like, so, like, in, but, like, the port, it was, like, the port of New York or something, but it had been, it had been landlocked. So, like, it was a port, like, back in, like, the early, early days of immigration. But, like, <laughs> Ellis because, Island. <laughs> because Manhattan had been, like, built on so much trash, like, it basically was, like, a quarter mile from the ocean, even though it used to be, like, where the water, like, on the water. Uh-huh. So, of course, it was no longer a functioning port. And it just became this kind of, like, beautiful abandoned building that was, like, super creepy and dungeon-y. Um, <laughs> I think you just created a new word. Yeah. Hashtag dungeon-y, everyone. <laughs> super dungeon-y. Um, oh, man, what am I saying? Yeah, so uh, locations on Lone Runner was, was fun, and I got to see some really amazing places that no one really gets to see. And, and yeah, I did that for just one season, and um, straight out of college, my my dad had a friend who was, like, a cop on the NYPD, and he works the film unit, and he, he knew a guy. <laughs> who and knew like, a guy who knew a yeah, guy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, Frankie totally hooked me up. And, um, and yeah, that's kind of how I got into the film business at first. I, volunteer, I like, interned on this movie. Actually, my first job is I interned on this movie that um, I don't even remember what it was called, but it, like, had this, like, weird kind of 70s thing going on and uh, the producer ran away with all of the money like the, like shut down the production and <laughs> skipped the town and I was like what so my first job ever ended up being this movie that like never got finished because was it was there any stars in it or was it a B movie it was you know what a lot of people the, the one girl who is a lead in in the movie is now on revenge oh, okay so it's kind of crazy but she was starting out Huh? Yeah, yeah. She was at the time. She was. She was. Um, but it was really crazy because I, you know, saw some something, and I was like, that, "That's the girl from that horrible movie that shut down." <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that's kind of funny. That's um, really, really common in Hollywood. I was in a f- film with Dennis Rodman <laughs> when I first moved to LA. Yeah, and on set. I just want everyone to know I never got paid for that movie. It was horrible. And the producer ran away with all the money as well. The director and the producer were fighting on set. A lot of the other actors were saying that they didn't get paid. I was just on a one-day shoot in one scene, and I was, like, getting really nervous about getting paid because everyone was saying that there was a lot of tension on set. The director and producer were fighting a lot, and that's exactly what happened. I was supposed to get a check in the mail. Never did. The producer ran away with all the money. (laughs) So there's a lot of shitty producers out there. Yes, that's true. I, I just I don't understand how you can just be like, "Hey, dudes, I'm skipping the town with a few million later," and then like I mean, they have to know. Like, I just don't understand how this is a thing. <laughs> it's not a morally or ethically cool thing, but it's a thing, I guess. I don't. I mean, it's I've heard so many stories where this with where this happens. Well, that is a whole other world in itself. So you're like running around. Working on a film, the producer steals everything and leaves. You're on law, working then on, law and, law, order. And order. Then then on law and Order. Then you're working on Law and Order. The Mothership. The Mothership. And then, <laughs> and then I worked. I worked on this really, really bad TV show called The Bedford Diaries, and it, it was like the most sexed up, like 
teen show where they were like in college and was it on the WB? It was to- I don't know actually, <laughs> but like Matthew Modine was in it and like a lot of people on the show like went on to be in other uh uh. Like, they, one one guy was on Heroes, and one guy's uh, Penn Badgley was on Gossip Girl. Uh-huh. So, like, it was just, it was another one of those shows. Where it's it was a stepping stone for people's oh, careers. A oh, very small definitely. stepping stone. <laughs> but it was the worst show ever. It was like... Were you doing set stuff on that one? Uh, I was um, first team, so I worked with all the actors. Okay. Um, <laughs> and it was like, and, and, oh, the crazy thing about this one is uh, in the middle, like, we were, we were shooting, like, the sixth episode or something like that. And it was at Hell's Gate Studios in Queens. And <laughs> that just, like, really, it was a, it was a wretched job. I, I had to get there so early that there was no trains running, which is, like, crazy in New York because trains were always running. <laughs> but I would, like, get up at, like, 4 in the morning. Like, luckily there was this one, like, donut shop near me. And the donuts would be fresh out of the oven. And I would get two donut holes and a coffee. And I'd, like, eat it really fast. And oh, I'd I love donut holes. My, I would hop on my bike and I would ride from the Upper East Side to Queens because there was no way to get there. <laughs> so, so Hell's Gate. Um, during the sixth episode, it burns down. Oh the my gosh. studio burned down in a massive electrical fire, like while we were there, and it was like. It should have been a sign that you couldn't. There was no trains there. Was, you couldn't get there. It was the worst show ever at a place <laughs> called Hell's Gate. It, I think it. I think one episode aired, and the whole like I don't think you can even find the show. <laughs> it was just oh yeah. So that was my that was my um, that was my first kind of like because like locations you don't really work on set. You know, you're you're kind of you do all the work before and after. Yeah. Um. So that that show I was like so excited because I was like you know and in, in the middle of it all I'm like standing in the middle of the set and it was it was so cool and then um I end up doing being a, a like I don't know what this is called but like I was on first team but I wasn't the lead I was like the second secondary person for Law and Order SVU so that's what I did on SVU after I did the Bedford Diaries um but uh but that was crazy because I got to work with all of the guest stars. Honor SVU has the best guest stars. They're so cool. <laughs> they have so many guest stars because every episode there needs to be a new character. Right. Right. A new person to get murdered or yeah. whatever. Or to be a bad guy. To or be a abused guy or whatever. Or who yeah. Knows? <laughs> but uh but yeah, so that was that was like a weird but like now I can't I can't watch Law and Order. And I, I almost feel like something was ruined because like so many people love that show. So it's, why like, can't you most... watch it? I want to I want to hear this because it's kind of the same with me for stand up. Like I'm a comedian and sometimes my friends will be like, oh, let's go see a stand up show. And I'm like, uh, for me, it feels like work when I go to see a stand up show, even if it's a comedian I've never seen or I, I even if I put myself in audience mode, I feel like I'm working. Is that the same thing or what what I makes think... you feel like, oh, this is I can't watch this. I think it's just because the the all the illusion is gone. Like you, you know, know the secrets behind it. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just like I've stood in the courtroom. I know that like the courtroom is like actually just the set in the middle of a warehouse in New Jersey. Like you know, like it's just like you can kind of once you've kind of seen how the sausage is made. Just like, <laughs> you don't want to eat the sausage. So, exactly, exactly. You're just like I mean, it's it's a great show, and I wish that I could love it because so many people love it. But every time I watch it, I just like. Just the magic isn't there for me. <laughs> so, yeah. That is hilarious. So how did you end up in the tech world? Because you are a producer for TechCrunch. You have your own website, here's someawesome.com, which, by the way, I saw the video that was up for the conference call. Yeah. And it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one, that one's a good one. Um, I worked in the corporate in world. So, you guys, check out here's someawesome.com, and there's funny videos on there, interesting videos. Where did you get the idea to launch this website? 
Um, you know, I think I after I left YouTube, me and a bunch of friends who Whoa, whoa, we skipped the YouTube days. We gotta oh, go we back. Didn't we didn't YouTube. even get to the YouTube days. I don't even know. <laughs> what is happening here? And we started out okay. and you're like, I don't know what I'm gonna talk about. We're I already have here. no idea. I have nothing to talk about. <laughs> um so uh okay. So I can fast forward through a lot of things. Um, <laughs> I moved to LA for a movie. Uh, what was the movie? Next. The, it's, it was a Nick Cage movie. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. So I moved, I moved to, to, to uh, L.A. to do this one movie. I was there for j- just that one movie and just decided I hated the film business. Like, I was like, my life had become so ridiculous. I often refer to it as, as I joined the circus for two years and I decided <laughs> to be a grown-up. So what, is that, what does that mean? Because I understand what you're talking about because the film and entertainment industry in L.A., is completely insane. It doesn't make any sense. There's no rhyme or reason. You work job for job, and sometimes it can be a little bit mentally draining. And I know all this, but, you know, some of my listeners are in Ohio or whatever, Maryland, and they're like, what are you talking about? How is it crazy? (laughs) I mean, really what it came down to is I couldn't talk to anyone who wasn't in the film business about my job. So you were in a cult. I was was in a cult. Like, because it would sound ridiculous. I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, you know, having this private conversation with Leonardo DiCaprio yesterday about earwax. Like, you know, it was just like, <laughs> and that, that actually did happen. And I was like, I was like, my life is outrageous. Like, you know. And people think you're crazy or lying. Like, sometimes I tell, you know, my, my cousin is a psychologist and he lives a very, very, um, not boring life, but, you know, he's got a wife and, and three kids and he's very much an average, normal guy. And, you know, I told him um, a couple stories of things that happened to me and he thought I was making them up. Yeah. He's like, oh, really? You were at a bar and Andy Dick came in and started. And I'm like, yes. And he's like, oh, really? You did this and that happened. And then this person came in and they were on set late because of this and this and that. I'm like, yes. You're like, actually, all of these things are factual. You're like, actually, it happened. And you know what it does for me? It kind of. Kind of what you said about uh, Law and Order SVU, that happens to me with celebrities because I always see celebrities in L.A. and 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 I'm not like in all of them anymore. And right. it kind of makes me sad because you see how sad and pathetic some of them are. Like a lot of really big male um, stars that I know, I just see that they're like desperate for attention and they love the limelight and they love being the center of attention. And they're just really, really insecure men. <laughs> It was really sad, and, and I ultimately think this is the reason why I left. I had to leave the, mis- the movie business. Is all of the actors, the majority of the actors I worked with, were just miserable. They were just so unhappy, and like it's my so job true. was to it's work so with true. The actors. And they were just so. I was like, we're doing this magical thing, and we're making this movie, and aren't we excited? And you are just miserable. And I was just like, I can't do this. I can't do this. Um, but so after I left the movie. I think the film business in general is just, it kind of sucks your soul out. As an entertainer, I know, like I try to stay really positive, but I know it is a negative, dark, evil hole. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, it's so weird. It's so, it, I don't know. But YouTube, I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of entertainment, but it's more, it's different. It was different. So, um... Basically, what had happened is after I decided I'm in L.A., I hate living in L.A., I have to drive, which was my least favorite thing in the world. (laughs) So, um, but I I answer this Craigslist ad for a writer. Are you telling me that you got hired at one of the biggest companies in the world on a Craigslist ad? No. Okay. (laughs) So I, 
I ended up uh, writing for this magazine called The Daily Reel. Um, it was like the first ever website about video. So it kind of split off and became Tube Filter and New TV. One person I worked with went to uh, New TV. Another guy started Tube Filter. But we, were, we basically were this like – we were making video newsworthy basically. We were, we were like going – on all the video sites back then, which were horrible, there was like iFilm and Rever, and like there was this whole like <laughs> landscape of like random vi- video websites, sites yeah. that no longer exist, of course, because YouTube dominated the world. Um, but uh, so it was basically my job to know about everything in video, which at the time no one really cared about. Like, really, no one cared about video in 2000. This was 2000. 6 2007 yeah it was like it wasn't a big deal like you couldn't even upload something in like 480p like the the, the bandwidth was so horrible <laughs> um so uh yeah it was such a, it was such a pain and so um through this job i just got to know everyone in video so i knew like all of the famous stars on youtube and i i kind of just i mean i knew everything about it because it was my job and then uh, I came up to San Francisco for the Streamy Awards, which was like this award show that they had for for. Kind Do you of know like, my friend Champ? Champ Chong? No, you don't. Okay, he's a YouTube celebrity. I was just wondering. Yeah, if you know him. no, I don't. Um, he might have been after you. He's really, really young. He's only twenty two, but he's he's a big, big. You know, one of one of those guys that always gets like a million. He does video game. Um, like reviews. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I think I know who you're talking about now. Yeah. I don't. I haven't met him, but like. He's Australian. Oh, I definitely met him. Do you know Champ? He's really tall. He's like 6'4". Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So so I went to this – I came up for the Streamy Awards and there happened to be this like YouTube meetup. It was called like As One. It was like something super hippy-dippy like that. And I went there and I knew everybody. Like I knew all the people there because I'd talked to them on the phone or I'd like wrote, written an article about them. So I'm like hugging all these people, like giving them high fives. <laughs> I was like, I was like, hey guys, so, so great to meet you. And someone from YouTube is like, who is this girl, and why does she know everyone here? Because like at the time, YouTube didn't even know who these people were. Like, I knew more about YouTube than YouTube from and from your from your writing from from my writing. Yeah, because yeah, I wrote I wrote something insane like. 25 articles a week so like okay and i did this for nine months and i you know i was making up stories because <laughs> like there was nothing happening in online video back then um and i was kind of you know digging around and trying to cut, find cool videos and then I'd, you know dig up information about who made it and and i would just create an article out of it um so i did I, they recruit you did you oh recruit yeah you? they were like Come on down. Like, and so I basically got stuck in the hiring freeze as they were being bought by Google because um, as most tech companies happen, like once you're in negotiation to be bought by someone, you basically like can't hire. Uh-huh. So, um, so I started at YouTube like two months after they were acquired. Okay. Um, and it was – Super small then. I was like the 82nd employee or something like that, <laughs> um, which is small. Like when you think of how massive – YouTube has like – I mean I guess now it's really Google. But like um, when I started, there was 83 people. And when I left a year and a half later, there was like 500. Mm-hmm. It had, so it like quadrupled. It had – yeah. It had more than quadrupled in the year and a half that I worked there. How do you say um, quadrupling – how do you say Whatever, multiplying by five. five. I don't know. I was just five. thinking that. I was like, it's actually five times, but I don't know the word for it. So l- let's just go with quadruple. Double. Yeah. Wait, we got to figure this out. Double, Quint- double, or? triple, quadruple, quintuple. Quint- 
Huffleton. By the way, two college-educated women (laughs) (laughs) with journalism degrees, (laughs) and we don't know how to say five times. Yeah, it's it's not an important word. Whatever, quadruple plus doubling (laughs) plus. Wait a minute, that's seven. (laughs) Yeah. So. So I show up for my first day at YouTube, and I don't know what my job is. I literally – I just got hired by YouTube, and I actually think they'd hire – so I I did this web show. Did they just hire you because they felt like you knew what was going on in the video world? Like you, like you – they didn't give you any type of job description. They were just like, we want you. They hired me to be on the editorial team, and, and basically kind of what they, they – talk to me about is they wanted me to be kind of like something between a community manager and like kind of like a face to like spread information. They kind of want, like I did this podcast and I I it was like a video podcast and they they kind of wanted me to do something there that would like foster community mm-hmm. and like you know point out like so many people do this. It's like they they wanted me to do almost like a what's cool on on YouTube show, you know, like they so wanted, they wanted you to create content. They they did, except Google didn't. And since they had just been bought by Google, I basically the thing I was hired to do couldn't be done. Couldn't be done. <laughs> okay, no. Nope. So so then I so I basically like land there, and I'm like, okay, so all the things that we talked about me doing here are no longer happening. So now what's my job? Um and. So my job then became to find cool videos on YouTube to to be featured. So how many bad YouTube videos did you have to go through a day to find a good one? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> and how many people should not have a YouTube account? Because I've seen some videos. I have seen some videos on there. I'm like, I, you know, I'm not one of those YouTube haters that leaves a million negative comments. But I'm like, really, this was just a waste of my three minutes. Right. <laughs> That comment, I feel like, is probably, like, in the top 10 most commented comments on YouTube, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, but, I mean, the the thing is, is you get really good at, like, I could look at an icon and, and know just, And know right away. I, like, it was, like, almost like this, like, magic superpower where I'd be like, I think this video is good. And then I'd watch it. <laughs> and there was, like, a one in four chance that it was actually a good video. But, like, I don't even know. Like, it's Is it a like, quality thing? Is it, like, when you look at the quality and it's all grainy? Because I've seen videos that have pretty poor camera quality, but they're pretty funny or they have a funny idea behind them. I don't – yeah, it, it really wasn't – It's an essence. I think <laughs> quality quality is a factor, but it's not really – it doesn't define it. Like, like – Sometimes it just has to be like really interesting. Like like one of my favorite videos that I was super obsessed with that became like crazy internet famous was this dog called Mishka saying I love you. And this dog is now like now super, super web famous. But um <laughs> but yeah, but, but the crazy thing about my job was that like the things that I picked were going on the homepage of YouTube. And back then the homepage of YouTube was just twelve videos that were were selected by me and the team that, that that I worked with, we kind of had this like collaborative. So you really had the power to make a video go viral. Uh, yes, <laughs> I'm like I was totally the wizard behind the curtain. And whenever people asked me what I did, I said I was the pets editor at YouTube, which was true. I was the pets editor at YouTube, but I also like I managed the pet pet content, travel content, um, entertainment. So like, why didn't you want to tell people that you're putting? things on the Because it was petrifying. Because would, would you get people harassing you or bugging you? My my boss had death threats. Like, What does that mean? Oh, people, my gosh. People were so upset. 
that you didn't think what they were doing was worthy of being on the homepage, they would get so angry. So give me an example of a death threat. It said, I will kill you? No. It was like... (laughs) They they basically, like, found out where she lived. Like, a security guard – like, it ended up being, like, a really huge deal. Like, security had to – they, like, sent her this super creepy, life-threatening email and – That was, like, feature my video or else? Yeah. I, don't, I, you know, I didn't read the email. <laughs> but she was really shaken about it and, like, you know, it got – it elevated to the point where she had to have personal security for, like, a weekend. That um, is the craziest thing I've ever heard. But, like, people – like – this back back. So, in the could day, you submit content for consideration? Is that? Oh, yeah, totally. And then, and then they wouldn't get featured, and then those people would get really angry. Yes, okay. that, that was part of it. Like, because you used to just be able to email editor at youtube.com, and and I read those <laughs> emails. Like, it came to me because it wasn't as crazy as it is now. It was oh, a yeah. smaller thing. Yeah, it wasn't billions of yeah. users on there. Yeah. Okay. I remember like <laughs> my like my favorite my the favorite thing ever that happened to me while I was there is Michael Sarah emailed just editor at youtube.com and um this was when he he created drunk history yeah and he just like he was like dear youtube like check out, i made this video please check it out heart michael sarah and i was just like what <laughs> like i mean i mean we actually read the emails like there were a number of videos that were submitted that way that that were featured but so now you can't do that oh no there's no featured content on youtube anymore like it went from being like in the early days it was just the 12 videos so why don't you guys feature content anymore is it just run by um whatever's popular gets populated on the front page yeah. So, I mean, the entire site is algori- algor- <laughs> algorithm. <laughs> Algorithmic. There we go. I, it's, it's in there somewhere. Um, so, basically, like, when YouTube got bought by Google, the whole sort of— Google algorithms, yeah. Yeah, it just turned into the entire thing was just like, let's put a million videos in your face. Watch, <laughs> watch it, watch it, watch it. So, I mean, that's fine. I mean, the site has grown like crazy, and that was probably the right thing to do, but I kind of— Editorial was not something that they wanted, and, and the whole Viacom lawsuit was happening, and like my—I well, t- I don't know about that. Oh, um, so I mean, this is so long ago, but uh, Viacom sued YouTube for like a billion dollars or something, content infringement or something. Yeah, yeah it was something yeah. crazy like that, and and basically my team got targeted because we watched videos on the site, so they were like, you know, you have people. Who work for you that watch videos and they they must have seen copyright on our on your on the site. Oh, so, copyright infringement issues. Okay, so so they, they I was actually like named in the lawsuit. <laughs> it was like my third day at YouTube, and they put my name in like one of the biggest lawsuits that, that at that it time. It sounds never like happened. your life it was not getting less crazy. No, <laughs> somehow death threats. I'm hearing you went from the film industry and having conversations with Leonardo DiCaprio about earwax to death threats. Yes. To being named in billion dollar lawsuits, this doesn't sound like it's getting calmer. <laughs> no, no, it didn't. Um, yeah, so I actually, I left YouTube. People thought I was one of the first people to leave. I was one of the first three people to leave YouTube, and and everyone thought I was absolutely insane. They're like, "Why are you leaving this dream job? You work for YouTube. Like, like this is crazy. Why would you ever leave?" And I was just like. I was so stressed out all the time. Like when people – like the, f- I think maybe three or four friends knew 
what I actually did there. Mm-hmm. And like like when Chocolate Rain happened, they were like, Felicia, I hate you so much. Why did you why did you make this video so popular? <laughs> and, but, like, but like but it was a lot of pressure. Like I I like it, like sometimes you'd put a, like the, there was all there was this, like, these moments where you found this video and, and it was amazing and then the people who made it would get upset that they were getting all this attention because they like never meant for this to be popular. Like there was this one I remember there was this one little well, like they girl. just made it for their friends or family or something exactly. and uploaded it. Yeah. And then I I found it and and like we put it on the on the homepage and it got five million views because back then anything on the homepage just got like insane amounts of views. And and they, they never wanted it, and and they'd get it would change their lives in this way that like was negative to them, and then I'd feel bad. Because- so what type of negative stuff? Because you hear that all the time. You hear, you know, even though this isn't famous on the Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt level, it's still a level of fame, and you hear that. You hear, oh, fame ruins people, fame notoriety. It's it's a monster, and and you know, I know a lot of average people who. We'll see celebrities on tabloids or whatever and just say, oh, well, they just need to shut up because they're getting paid $10 million and, you know, it's not that bad or whatever. But fame does ruin people who are very private, right? So what does that mean when you say, you know, it ruined them and they were upset in a negative way? It, I mean, it ended up being kind of like the film thing I was talking about where, like, a lot of them were, like, so famous and then they were kind of miserable about it. Um, but what, what's, like, causing the misery? Is it people bugging them all the time? Is it just they're trying to, like, live a normal life and then, you know, like, they're getting all these emails or they can't I, function? I think it's that they're trying to live a normal life. But, like, you know, if you if you recognizably, like, like David at the dentist, which was, like, this dad with his kids in the car and they're, like, <laughs> just, like, all drunk off of the de- – just having just gone to the dentist. Like, I mean, that guy – Forever is the David with the, uh, the dentist guy. Like the the video had ins- uh, like ten million views or something crazy like that, and like he, he's never that's never going to go away. Like a lot of a lot of these popular internet videos stay popular just because they were popular. What about taking it down? You don't think that well, it's like once you're known as something, even if that doesn't define you, it's something you just did in a moment, right? It other people define you as that. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. It's like you you can never. Escape it. Exactly. <laughs> like the guy, uh, Tazon Day, who did Chocolate Rain, he he will always be Chocolate Rain. He's actually like – he's like a brilliant guy. Like he like he was g- getting his PhD when he made that video. And like, So be careful what you put on the internet. <laughs> no, but, no, but the thing that's crazy is he was getting his PhD – like his master's and his PhD in basically exactly what he did. Like making – making viral like like basically like creating cultural phenomena and he was getting he was like in school studying that when he made that video which mm-hmm. to me was just crazy i was like this is brilliant he's, so smart. <laughs> he's like the smartest guy um but uh yeah so i don't know i would i would call youtube the mothership that sounds more like the mothership than law and order svu no it's it's just funny that like it's a different mothership <laughs> But, but people in the entertainment industry call law, the main law and order the mothership. Okay. Like it actually, like, that is a name in, in, in the film world. If someone says, I'm working for the mothership, that means that they people, work People, like, order. no. It's like, a, it's it's what it's called. <laughs> so I don't know why. Um, but, yeah. yeah. I mean, YouTube was, yeah. So you left. You were miserable. You were getting bombarded, stressed out, right? I was so stressed out all the time. And you decided, um, I got to get out of this. 
Yes. Do you think maybe it was just L.A.? Because it sounds like L.A. was not making you happy. No. I, that, that was here in San Francisco. And I loved the hell out of San Francisco. Oh, I thought YouTube was based in L.A. No, YouTube's in San Bruno. It's like it's like 20 minutes south of the city. They just have a studio in L.A., in El Segundo. They just okay. opened that. Got yeah. it. I thought, so, it was, I thought it was based on there. So connected to that. So I left YouTube to work for Next New Networks, which is basically the company that YouTube bought. And then they started creating these studio spaces. Okay. Because I know they have a big studio space in El Segundo, so I thought they were based there. Yeah. And okay. they have another one in New York um, that I think they're building out. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a new thing that they're doing to kind of help, like, level up production values for some of these big YouTube yeah. personalities. <laughs> Um, but do you, do, did you leave on bad terms? Like they were like, don't ever come back, Felicia. Were you just like, I'm out? <laughs> no, no. I think it's just like, I'm out. And like, and I think it was known to a lot of people that I was just not happy. And they were trying to like push us into this, like more like salesy role because like now editorial was completely not important to them anymore. Yeah. And I think it just, I think it, the timing was just right. It was like, the company was like, well, we don't know what to do with you. And I was like, well, I don't know. What I don't do. know what to do. <laughs> So we're like, so I basically came up with this idea that I brought to Nexty Networks, which was basically like, I really loved working with these small like web series creators, like, or like people who had these web shows and, but they just needed like something, like they just needed like a graphics package or they needed like a logo or like, I mean, a lot of these, a lot of people were doing these really awesome kind of shows online, but they they just weren't quite there. They just needed a little something to make it better. A little push, and that's what you do. Yes. So I was basically like, I want to take all of these people and, like, and kind of the way it works in, in online video is, like, if you create a group of people and you kind of cross-promote, then, like, everyone gets more popular. Yeah. So I was like, okay, like, I want to – so I went to Next to Networks who had this whole, like, network environment, and I was like, if we take these people and, you know – align them with these networks that you have and, like, help them get just a little bit better, then we can, like, all, like, everything will get, like, more popular. So um, it was called, like, the Next New Creators Program or something like that. Um, So I left YouTube to go there, um, which meant I had to move back to New York. So (laughs) I went from New York to L.A. to San Francisco and back to New York. (laughs) Um, I was so tired of moving. Um, and yeah, but you're from the East Coast. You're from Lowell, Mass. I am right? from Lowell, Massachusetts. It is <laughs> an amazing place to be from, but I don't think I ever want to go back there. <laughs> um, you're not a Boston girl at all. I am not. You know what? I my family still lives in New Hampshire, and I love New England. But I think California has completely spoiled me. Like so, for the weather wise, no, or just it's not just the weather. It's like. It's so much more chill. I realize, like, I was so high strung when I lived on the East Coast. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know how I didn't. I had like three or four jobs at a time. I think I averaged like three hours of sleep over the course of the six years that I lived there. And you I, were in hustle mode. I was totally in hustle mode. And then now, I swear, I moved to California and I just like slept for a year. Like I was like, my body was like, I am so tired, dude. And 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 now I just think that like. I don't think I can live in that fast-paced environment again. It's ap- actually happening a lot on Wall Street. A lot of um, Silicon Valley is recruiting Wall Street guys, and a lot of Wall Street, young Wall Street, is moving over here because of honestly the Occupy movement. I've heard a lot of. I heard an interview in NPR the other day, and a lot of young bankers are like, "I don't like being harassed on my way to work every single day." Right. 
by people because of the recession and the economy and people being so angry with Wall Street. And a lot of those people are really talented and really smart. And so they're coming over to Silicon Valley. So there's this mass exodus from Wall Street to Silicon Valley. But then they're here and they're getting the same exact harassment treatment because – all these rich kids are moving to San Francisco. So it's like, actually, it's kind of the same problem. It is. It is. But um, it's it's just crazy. So maybe, you know, it's going to be more laid back, you know, you're, the switching of the East Coast to the West Coast. I mean, that would be nice. I mean, it's – I feel like there's so many people – like the New York to San Francisco kind of crossover happens – I mean – I think it's a lot easier than like a New York to LA or because LA is so different than New York to LA was horrible. If if I had gone from New York straight to San Francisco, it would have been far less of a culture shock. Like, what was the culture shock with living in LA? Um, the driving everywhere, which is awful, but also like. Everyone looked kind of perfect because, like, everyone was is trying to be in the entertainment business there, (laughs) and I like, I honestly like. I really don't care too much about like like aesthetics and what I look like. It is, but you know what's the crazy thing, and it and it infuriates me to no end is that actually the people in Hollywood that work the most, and this is a secret. If you live in the Midwest, you live in the South, or you live in the East Coast, you say I'm thinking about moving to Hollywood, but I don't think I'd make it because I'm not good looking enough. The more weird you look, the more strange you look, the more overweight or whatever, the more work you get because that category is so small. Right. I have a friend that is about 200 pounds overweight. And he always books stuff as the fat guy <laughs> because there's no fat guys in Hollywood. Right. Which state. is totally weird. Like, when you, you, like, you the more there, beautiful you like, look, the, the more competition. It's horrible. <laughs> it, it's crazy. Everybody's so pretty. And, and that's, not, that's not what bugged me about L.A. The thing that bugged me the most is everybody wanted to know who you are and who you knew. And what you did and what you were and, associated like, it was with. Yeah. So, it was so like – weird that like you could see people dismissing you like like you would like or or they would want to know or if they thought you were someone important you could see them like latching onto you and it was like it made me uncomfortable it is very uncomfortable and i know exactly what you're talking about i've had that happen before too when i go to events you know people whether they kind of rate your level of importance and there's something that is also done too where they won't look you directly in the eye if you're at an event and they'll look kind of around and look distracted so they can see if there's someone else that's more important in the room to dismiss you and go talk to you. Yes. Yep. And, and I'm just like, really? I was like, if you don't want to talk to me, like, just just leave. You don't have to. No, it's because you're important right now and I want to look like I'm talking to someone. I'm not here alone. Yeah, right. But I want to kind of search the room to see if there's someone else that can help me more, someone that's more important than yeah. you so I can get away from you. Oh, my goodness. When, when I worked at YouTube, I would... I would hide my badge. Like, I, like, you know, like, whenever I went anywhere that where, like, I was, like, that person from YouTube, I would get swarmed. Because, like, back then when YouTube was really small, you know, th- you know, when there was 100 people, like, we weren't going to all these conferences or, like, we were busy working. We were busy, you know, building the website. So anytime I went anywhere, I had to h- completely hide the fact. Because, like, I would – there would be people, like – crazy coming to me like because they wanted to talk to someone from youtube and they didn't even know what i did I just, <laughs> like really they just like, i'm in charge of pets get away from me <laughs> like, if you have any cute cat videos send them my way other than that get away <laughs> yeah but, like, it was, but that but, but that's why i had to tell people like these like i wasn't gonna tell them what i did they were just they were like being crazy psychopaths just knowing i worked there never mind like knowing what i did there so, so did you kind of feel like you had too much power in a way 
Um, I mean, I was part of a team, and we kind of all shared the responsibility. But, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> it, it, like, You're the wizard. <laughs> it's weird. I mean, but I look back at it, and I'm like, I – like. There are some people that I helped make famous in, like, a lot of those, like, you know, the famous YouTube crowd. Like, I featured a few of their videos and, and helped the jumpstart Help their career. Them. Yeah. And, and it's a really weird – because it's, it's their talent. Like, the reason why they got featured in the first place is because like the video. they're amazing and they're interesting and, and they, you know, deserve – they did something cool that I, that people – that I thought people would like to see. But it's – yeah, it's really interesting that, like – also, just, like, the evolution of the business has mm-hmm. been, you know, because back when I worked at, like, there wasn't even monetization yet when I started working there. What about algorithms? You said when Google took over, it became an algorithm system. What does that mean? Does it mean that if someone watches a certain video for an amount of certain times, it's going to trigger the algorithm and it's going to make it go higher and higher? Like, what does that mean? Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> um, I actually, I had to get YouTube audience development certified. <laughs> So I there I, there is there's so much there's so much complexity going on there. It's it's like any it's like Google search algorithms. Like there's no way to really dig into it because there, there's like a million different exceptions and like you know there, who designs these? Is it a Google programmer? Is it someone sitting there saying, "Hey, this is what's going to make a video popular"? Because I have seen I have seen some viral videos that are amazing and really funny and really great, and then I've seen some viral videos. I'm like, really? Like this is awful like how did this get 10 20 million views or whatever so what is included in this algorithm i it changes all the time um a lot of it has to do i think with like how how long people watch it because Uh like Like if 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 they're watching it for one second or two seconds then it's showing the algorithm it's not an interesting video right yeah so um i i know that's one one factor i don't i don't really know but it's like also kind of like what it's related to. Like if it's something really popular in the news, like Justin Bieber or something like that, it's right. going to trigger it. Oh, my gosh. I mean, anything, anything like – I used to make this joke that any video about Star Wars was going to get at least a 1,000 views because, like, <laughs> there are some things that no matter what you're doing – Guys, to, listen like, to this. Go and make a Star Wars video if you want to become a YouTube star. <laughs> so you So you left. You were stressed out. And then you ended up working for a couple other companies – and then you started your own website. So what made you decide to start Here's Some Awesome.com? Um, I, you know, I started it. Which there was just a bunch of video friends I had, and we realized that we we worked in video, but we didn't watch it anymore. So, like, after I left YouTube, you know, I just found that I wasn't really watching videos. Were you burnt out? No, I think it was just, like, my job became more about, you know, like, helping this one creator make their stuff better. You know, it kind of... Went, was more in an executive producer role. So I didn't really – I wasn't kind of browsing the web. Like I was busy doing other things. You were working. <laughs> yes, I was busy working. I was busy. It turns out when your job isn't to watch videos all the time – You don't have time to watch videos. You don't have time to watch videos. <laughs> so this was me and a few friends were kind of finding the same thing and we kind of band together and, and created this website to kind of – because we all love – I mean I'm a – I'm a huge advocate for online video and, and I've – this whole like digital TV merging thing. I'm like, like yay, online empowerment. Like I, so I love <laughs> online video. Like I like – so one thing I want to I wanna address before we move on because I do want to talk about your website, which is great and has a lot of funny and amazing content on it. But 
The negative comments on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) What is the worst one you've ever seen? And how... I know you're not there anymore, but I wish there was a way you could have stopped the endless nonsensical comments because sometimes it's like, really? You guys are getting into a fight in the comments section? (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) trolls... It's like, you, I think YouTube is famous for the trolling comments. Oh, oh, of course. Some of them are, like, ridiculous. And the only way you can deal with it is to let them just fight it out amongst themselves. The second the creator of the video gets involved in all that hate, like, it always explodes. Um, <laughs> what is the worst comment you've ever read, if you I've, can remember? You know what? There's been – there's a I, – I just remember oh, – what was that? There was this video – about leave Britney alone. Oh, it was, I forget who did Chris Crocker. Yeah, with leave the, the blonde alone. hair yeah. under the blanket. Yeah, the comments on that video like really made my heart bleed. Like, Aww. like I just it was like there was so much hatred and negativity and like I that, I think that was that that was probably the worst for me. Um, do you think that people in general are that negative, or do you think there's something about the anonymity? <laughs> I'm going to screw that word up. We are having a break. It is, we need more coffee. Um, um, of the internet that people feel that they're not, you, they don't have to face someone face to face. Or is do you think that there's something unique about YouTube culture that, because, I mean, I've been on other websites. I've been on message boards. And sometimes it gets out of hand. But some of the YouTube comments are so vicious and angry and hateful. I kind of feel like people need to link their YouTube comments with their Facebook that li- to link to like a therapist office or something. <laughs> well, the whole linking thing that you're talking about has actually happened. Like Google has made it so that the a lot of the an- anonymity. 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 A lot of that is. <laughs> I'm gonna speaking. I'm gonna get haters on, uh, on this podcast post. They're gonna be like, these girls are total idiots. How did she get a podcast? Yeah, they can't. I can't. Speak. Um, <laughs> we're also saying the biggest words ever like maybe we should just quadruple (laughs) times Um, one (laughs) plus one so what was i saying i forget Uh, uh, oh the linking linking. so now it's all linked and like like google forces you to like link your youtube to like an email to a google plus to like all to like a photo feed like it's the the Insert word here. All of that is gone. You know, like they, they've really kind of addressed the whole comment thing, I think, by kind of making people own up to what they say. Because it's like, I mean, some of it is just so vicious. And, and you know, it, it does actually give me some hope for humanity because you do see people going up there and defending it and being and saying, you know, get a life. Come on. This is a good video or you guys yeah. are being really negative. And so you see people defending but I just – I kind of get worried when I see some of these comments. And I try not as much as I can to look at the comments. Usually when I watch a video, I'll just watch the video. Right. But it's like a lot of these people, I think – and there, I think there was a study that showed that people that are trolls online tend to be jerks in real life. So that's not good. <laughs> well, at least it gives them an outlet. It's better. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I – I do look at a lot of comments and and some of them make me laugh because they're really really mean but the th- the fear that I have is that a lot of artists and content creators are very sensitive and especially artists, singers, musicians, um actors, I mean as you know actors yeah. are extremely sensitive people. And so there's a lot of people out there that I think that want to create cre- more creative content 
but they're nervous about the comments or they take things very personal. One of my girlfriends is an amazing singer and she is just so nervous about posting. And I know you can disable comments, but as an it makes it worse. Oh my god! When people when people disable comments, I'm just like, oh, you are asking for it because people are going to go to Twitter and say how horrible you are, and they're going to like go to Facebook. But it's you, just, they're going to still say how horrible you are. They'll just, just find new and interesting ways to do it. It's it's just crazy to me. But I know what you're talking about. But I have a girlfriend. She's an amazing singer. She's a beautiful singer, and she has maybe one or two videos on YouTube, and I think she may have even taken them down. She has disabled contents um, because she's very sensitive about her singing and. She just doesn't want to see the negativity. She wants to be in the positive and focus on her music career. And so my concern, haters and trolls out there that are leaving negative comments, is that these people are people who are not creating content. They're not creators. They're sitting there judging and watching. And they may be disabling people from creating in the future that are talented. Right. I mean, but really, if you're going to be in the entertainment business, you need to build a thick skin. (laughs) That's true. It's true. true. (laughs) People say how horrible the videos I make are all the time, and I'm just like, yeah, that one wasn't my best. (laughs) You really have to – you need to – I agree with you. I totally agree with you. So maybe they're doing them a service in a way because they're helping them grow a thick skin. I mean, people – yeah. No, I I mean, it seems – backwards but i think it's it's true i, I actually t- that- i totally agree with you on that that's a very good point because i know as a stand-up i've gotten so you know you aren't funny you're not good blah 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 and it has made me a stronger comedian because i'm like well i think i'm good yeah it, it kind of <laughs> makes you have to own what you're doing more when you when you when there is some level of negative like as long as it's like the negativity is in the like twenty five percent or less range, like it's, I mean, if someone's saying a lot of really horrible things, like you should totally get upset about that. But like, I mean, for the most part, the negativity doesn't get outweighed by the positivity, especially yeah. if you like what you're doing. Like that's that's a huge part of it. If you like what you're doing, then like, I guess I just don't like since I'm someone who puts it out there. I don't like when other people who are putting it out there are being attacked and stuff like that by people who are not putting anything out there. <laughs> That's, I mean, yeah. I mean, it bugs me. It's a personal pet peeve. But that's, I mean, that's that's like when, mo- mo- like, movie critics say, like, this movie's horrible. It's like, well, you've never made a movie. So um, who are you to say what make, that this movie's bad? You know, like, I mean, that's true. Like, or, like, restaurant critics. Like, most of them probably don't, don't even cook. cook. <laughs> they just eat out all the time. It's like, how do you? That's a really good point. Okay. So back to Here's Some Awesome. Yes. We're. Basically, you were like, I'm not watching enough cool, awesome videos anymore because I'm yes. so busy working. And yes. so you decided to create this website to feature videos. That, basically, you're doing the same thing you did at YouTube, but on your own personal level, right? Exactly. I had a lot of friends who were just sort of like, I want to watch what you're watching. Like, I, I don't have time to watch a lot of videos. Filter them for me so and show like, me what's good. Just tell me what I should be watching. And and so I kind of I kind of created the site for that reason. And also because I missed writing the stories about why these videos exist. Because a lot of times when people make a video, they'll just put a title and they'll be like, here are the credits, and they don't really say much else. And like, and I really love the idea of like the why and the who and like, because like, I feel like you just watch this endless stream of videos without really caring much about anything behind it. And you so, were writing about videos. That's how you got yeah, your start. So yeah. you were coming back to your roots. So it's it's just kind of something that I feel... I feel passionate about and and I and and I I think it's important. <laughs> I don't know. Um, um are you, is this a passion project or do you think that you're going to monetize in the future? You want to have it as a company and sell it or No, it's 100% a passion project. Um 
You just want people to see cool videos. Yeah. <laughs> I've been doing it for three years. Actually, lately I've been a little slack, a little, little bit slacking because I um, just got engaged and my life is <gasps> Congratulations. I saw the um, ring. I was going to say something. I'm married. I saw the, I saw the ring and I, you're not going to have time to watch videos. <laughs> yeah. It's like all of my free time. And, and also uh, my, I guess, fiance now is Indian and there's all of this. I'm trying to figure out what the, how the hell I'm going to have an Indian wedding because I know nothing about it. Oh, um, you are going to have so much fun. Do do a half and half. We did a half and half. I did half Vietnamese, half American, half Southern because I'm from the South. So I guess that's a third. Yeah. <laughs> um, 33, 33, 30.34. Um, and it was a blast. I want to see you in a gorgeous Indian gown and then your own wedding. It's so much fun. You know what? So that's taking over my life and I haven't been writing very much lately. So You're going to have a blast. I'm, yeah. <laughs> You're going to have a blast. And I'm going to give you a website um, called NovoWedding.com. And I want you to submit your wedding pictures there. It's about cultural, mixed culture weddings. Oh, cool. My wedding was featured there, and I would love to have your wedding featured there. I have nothing to do with the website. I'm just promoting it because I think it's a really cool website. Yeah. And I think it's really, really cool to show cultural differences in weddings. So I'm going to give you the info. And I know the editor. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I want to see your wedding pictures, too, because I love cultural weddings. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Any plans for a date or anything? Um, I think July of next year. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Take your time. Don't yeah. stress yourself oh, out. Oh, <laughs> no. I am like, whatever. Okay. And TechCrunch, you are writing, not writing, are you producing, producing content? Yes, I am. For one of the biggest tech blogs, right? That's like yes. a big deal. It's, yeah, I'm, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I sometimes like. You've been in like almost, you've been in every facet of entertainment. And tech, being on, you know, a producer of content for TechCrunch, you're kind of back to the journalism. Yeah, I'm, it's it's <laughs> full video circle, full journalism. Circle. But also, the thing that's crazy is I'm, I talk to all of these like big famous CEOs and like so some of the kind of like celebrity madness around like people wanting to talk to them and they're being them being uber famous is like coming back into play. So it's 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 almost as if every job I've had before has perfectly like trained me for the job that I have now. <laughs> That is really cool. So are you allowed to name drop any of the cool celeb CEOs you've been able to talk to? I mean, I've I've met all of them. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's true. I mean, um, you know, we have the, this crunchy award show and like, all, you know, I've met Mark Zuckerberg at Disrupts and, and okay, Marissa question. Meyer. And, How tall is he? Um. He's a little taller than me. He's he's like a. I don't he's, know. he's a he's a he's not that, that tall of a guy. He's probably yeah, like five eight, five ten. Okay. Like he's not he's not <laughs> he's not like short. He's just not very tall. Okay. Yeah. Any weird moles or scars? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I really didn't get that close to his face. I, I, so Zuckerberg, you've met. That's like a big. That's one of the biggest you know media companies out there right now. Yes. And you met Mark Zuckerberg. I've met Mark Zuckerberg, um, but. But yeah, I mean, it's it's just a different celeb world. It's not. It's a total different celeb world. It, but it is a celeb world. Like What's people, the difference between techie celebs and Hollywood celebs? Um, <laughs> actually, I think I, they dress completely different. But like, so what does that mean? So how do techie celebs dress? Um, they wear like Converse and jeans. Fancy. They, they wear like fancy jeans. Fancy jeans and like t-shirts. Converse and sevens. <laughs> I don't, you know what? I don't see many Converse, to be honest. Um, yeah, but a lot of them wear like just like really fancy jeans and t-shirts. Um, <laughs> whereas in LA, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess fancy jeans are a thing when people are famous. Maybe and then what about what about what about normal celebs? High end, 
homeless look. <laughs> I've seen a lot of slips with the homeless look with the giant sunglasses and the hoodie. You're like, come on, you're you're like drawing more attention to yourself. <laughs> yeah. I feel like when I lived in LA, there was a lot of like really fancy like khaki linens going on. <laughs> yeah. I think, it's just, I think it's actually just like an LA versus San Francisco thing. It might, it might not have anything to do with movies versus town. <laughs> okay. Well, we have to wrap up. Are you promoting anything other than here's some awesome.com? Um... TechCrunch, of course. Watch my videos. <laughs> I'm I'm um, the only video producer there, so pretty much anything on the site is something that I've made. So um, That's we're doing a lot awesome. of cool demos right now, and and yeah, just check out TechCrunch TV. And how can we find you on Twitter, Facebook, and etc. 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 I am Real Feed, R E E L F E E D, everywhere online. So basically, if you see a slug or a handle that's Real Feed, it's me. Well, Felicia, you have been awesome. Thank you so much for coming on Out of the Box, guys. Visit outoftheboxpodcast.com and please click on the donate button. We're now accepting Litecoins and Bitcoin donations. And go to iTunes and Stitcher and click subscribe and leave a comment if you enjoyed us. Comments and subscriptions really help us out. Thanks for being out of the box with Rosie Tran. Bye.